Good evening. Welcome to Donnell Edwards' Viewpoint. Your program with nationally recognized guests who are experts in their fields discussing today's most pressing issues and where your viewpoints matter. So call with your question or comments about this week's topic or whatever else may be of concern to you. Just call Darnell at 563-999-3660 to share your viewpoint. Now, with this week's guest, here's your viewpoint host, Darnell Edwards. Welcome to Donnell Edwards Viewpoints. Good evening. I am your host, Donnell Edwards. And here at the CWR Talk Network, we're celebrating Asian Pacific American Heritage Month and all of the outstanding contributions that Asian Pacific Americans have made, not only to American society, but to the world. Uh, we'd like to encourage you to visit our website. That's CWR Talk Network. Dot com, and there is a heading that says celebrating, we're celebrating Asian Pacific American Heritage Month. If you just click on that, that will take you to our newsletter for this month, and there's lots of information there. Uh, there's an uh, Asian Pacific American Heritage Timeline, information about influential Asian Pacific Americans. There's a video, uh, just lots of good stuff. So uh, check out the website there. That's uh, CWRTalkNetwork.com, and just click on the heading, We're Celebrating Asian Pacific American Heritage Month. Now, tonight's program uh, is Mastering the Art of Having a Career, Not Just Finding a Job. Uh, and it's for everyone who is looking for a job, whether you have been laid off or dismissed, are you looking to change careers? or just graduated college and are anxious to begin your career. We even have uh, information for people who are employed. So there's something for everyone. Uh, in addition to providing you with information you need to find a job, you will also learn the difference between just having a job and having a career. And while finding your career position uh, should be your uh, ultimate goal. Our special guest, this evening is Chairwoman and CEO of Infinity Coaching Incorporated, which provides career, leadership, and life coaching. Uh, and she is a leadership uh, leading authority on leadership and professional development and has worked with and trained top leaders across the globe. She is recognized as one of the select few certified rapid employment master coaches in the world. She has been featured in Money Magazine, Fox News Magazine website, Huffington Post, YourTango.com, Legacy in the Making Magazine, and many other publications. Please join me in welcoming to Donnell Edwards' Viewpoints and the CWR Talk Network, Ms. Carolyn Owens. Carolyn, welcome to Donnell Edwards' Viewpoints this evening. Thank you so much. I always, when I hear somebody introduce me, I hear my bio. Sometimes I have to pause and think, uh, "Who are you talking about?" Oh, that is me. <laughs> it's hard to even say. Gosh, I've done all these things. So, but I am so glad to be with you tonight. Thank you so much for inviting me and having me. I'm so looking forward to what we're going to share tonight. Okay. And as far as the things in your bio, I'm sure you earned it. <laughs> okay. Thank you. <laughs> so, uh, 
Carolyn, according to the Bureau of Labor Statistics, total non-farm uh, non-farm payroll employment increased by 164,000 in April of this year, and the unemployment rate edged downward 3.9 percent. The unemployment rate edged down to uh, 3.9, following six months at 4.1. The number of unemployed persons at 6.3 million also edged downward over the month. To help us understand who do these numbers include and who is excluded so that we can get a better uh, understanding, a clearer picture of what these statistics really tell us. So when you look at, I always think that these statistics are misleading because even when you talk about people that are employed, there's this thing about people being engaged in the workplace, and that is what eventually leads to people being, you know, fired into that unemployment statistic. And I think, if, you know, this is all, April is also Mental Health Awareness Month, and not having a job, being fired from your job, all of that can lead to depression, anxiety, um, all of these things that ha- have these us experiencing mental health issues. And it starts with people not being engaged in the workplace. 33% of, um, only 33% of employees tend to be engaged in the workplace. And then they end up in that statistic of they're unemployed. I also believe that there are positions out there that, but people don't go for those positions. They will, you know, accept these statistics and think, okay, this job's not out there. What this does not include is there are people who have created their own businesses, who have pulled themselves out of their own situations, um, who have become small business owners and entrepreneurs. And that doesn't capture that. It's just, you know, saying, okay, who's just unemployed? How do they transition? What are they working on? Are they in school? There's so many different things that we can look at and say um, what's really going on. But we create our own circumstances. We can change things. We can make it better. And I think that's what the, the key thing is understanding. Stop getting you know caught up in the statistics and decide what do you want and how do you want to live your life. And I think that's a lot of what we're going to talk about tonight is how do you shift your circumstances. Okay. And uh, that was one of the reasons I wanted to ask that question because uh, I think a lot of people hear those statistics and don't really understand what's underneath them. And it, it is, like you said, uh, quite misleading if you don't really understand what goes behind it. Now, according to that same report from the Bureau of Labor Statistics, the greatest increases were in professional and business services, 54,000 there, manufacturing, 24,000 there, healthcare, 24,000 again. But uh, changed little over the month in other major industries uh, like construction, wholesale trade, retail trade, transportation, and warehousing, information, financial activities, leisure and hospitality, and government. So if I'm looking for a job and my education and experience is not in one of these industries where there was growth or another industry that may be hiring, what can I do to have better opportunities for employment? Well, I, I do want to point out with the boomers aging, healthcare is going to be a major industry that's often overlooked. Um, but there are places that are hiring beyond, you know, the industries and things that you just mentioned, and you have to get creative and see past your limiting beliefs. You may have to look at um, where and how you start with a company. 
a lot of people just think they want to jump up and and be in mid you know level management or instead of coming in learning the company getting their feet wet and really learning the culture and how do you work your way up in the environment or getting the experience that they need um and you look at how if you're going through the job campaign process, how are you highlighting some of your skills and experience that you have? People tend to only focus on, you know, that you know, technical level, but there's other skills and things that need to be emphasized in today's culture, today's industry. You know, we're getting to a lot of uh, technology-based things, but there's some soft skills that people don't possess that they need to have to keep a company, to keep an organization up and running. And if you can possess and show those leadership skills, if you can show some of those soft skills, that can get you in the door. People tend to limit themselves when they're applying for positions. We overlook what we've done. We don't talk about ourselves very well. We don't highlight ourselves very well on resumes. Um, so that makes us kind of not stand out. We have these self-imposed restrictions that we place on us during that job campaign process. So you got to look at the career field you want to be in and list all the potential jobs in that career field. Just data dump it. Just brainstorm. What are all the different uh, types of jobs or careers that I can have in this field? And then you want to list all the industries that would hire these types of skill sets. And don't judge it. Just list them. Just go ahead and data dump. Here's all the career fields. Here's all the industries. And then look at the current marketplace and see for these positions, where are they? Who's hiring? What's going on? What is the structure of the organization? Is this an industry I want to transfer these skill sets to? Because you look at something like finance. Well, in healthcare, you have budget offices. You have people handling the financial aspect of that hospital or that medical center. And I tell you, you can't just put someone who has, you may be able to be a, a physician's assistant, but can you manage the financial end of it? No, you got to have a little background in understanding how to run that budget. So people will lend, limit themselves and, and have that narrow vision of where these positions are. So you got to be creative and go beyond that and think, you know, where will I find them? And then you got to look, again, not just at where you're looking at the location, because it may mean that, all right, to get that position, it's hot in California right now. Am I willing to move to California for that position? You're going to have to consider external factors that may impact where the positions are located for you. If your child is sick, I mean, here in my area, in the Maryland area, we have, you know, some of the top hospitals like John Hopkins um, in Pennsylvania. There's University of Penn who handles specific needs. So if you have a, you know, child that's ill and you want to keep them by a particular hospital, that's going to influence the decision of the industry, of the location that you're going for. So as you're, you list them out, you look at the external factors, and you start looking at, hmm, why couldn't I relocate here? What's available there? What's the market trend telling me? You may, and it will also help you truly identify if your career field is phasing away. There's some technical jobs out there, but we're not acquiring the skill sets that need, are needed for some of the construction type of positions. And so people, the companies end up having to downsize because nobody has the skill sets they need because we're thinking, you know, oh, these jobs don't exist. Oh, you know, and, but the thing is, some of these companies 
will pay uh, you to go to train you. They'll pay for the training. Um, there's still truck drivers out there. There's still skills that are needed, but we don't consider those. We don't look at those. And so it's about often creating your own situation. And it may be, it could even mean starting your own business, brushing up on new skill sets, agreeing to live sometimes maybe in a separate location for your spouses a while, a while while you, you know, get up and running. But you got to think outside the box. Again, don't limit yourself and don't get caught up in what everybody else is saying because, you know, a lot of times misery loves company. And if they can't find a job, they're not doing everything they need to do, they're going to pull you down with them. So you got to take control of your job campaign process. And, again, do the, the things that I'm, I'm, I'm talking about here about listing it out, looking at the industries, looking at what's out there, but really doing a job campaign, having that whole job campaign process going on. Okay. Now, I don't want to over, oversimplify what you said, <laughs> but if, if, if I understood correctly, uh, part of what you said was that we need to uh, – find out where, where all of the available jobs are and be creative and thinking outside the box and not just limiting ourselves to what we think we might might qualify for and then matching up what those jobs are with, uh, with our skill set. So if that's the case, uh, how do I find sources to find out where the available jobs are and some that may be a match for my skills that I may not have thought of. So, I will, so for example, with finance, you can have accounting jobs, you have um, budgeting jobs, you have insurance-related jobs, you have all different things that you can do in the okay. finance, banking um, positions. And so if you, you know, our biggest, greatest resource is Google. And okay. if you just are typing in, you know, once you know, find, and if you type financial management jobs, financial uh, planning careers, you're going to start getting all this data. The problem is a lot of people don't take the time to do it, and they immediately caught into, like we said, the statistics, and they get this limiting, blocking belief that it's not out there. But you just start literally Googling and then look at market trends. You know, use some of those keywords that are going to identify this information for you. Um, who's hiring, simple things, who's hiring financial planners, um, trends in financial planning. Some articles will come up, different things will come up that are going to help you even at times identify how do you describe the work that you do. Because, again, people can't, they know this job, they've done it for years, but they can't translate it to the language it needs for the positions or for the jobs, especially some of the current language. Because if you've been in the same position for 20 years, terminology has changed. Keywords have changed. So Google is a powerful resource in helping you in this process. Okay. Now, uh, on the other hand, mm-hmm. if I'm not really that familiar with what may match my particular skills. Uh, I have an idea, but I'm really not comfortable because the job market, as you, you mentioned, is, is really dynamic and it's constantly changing. And there may be things that I don't, I'm not aware of. So where do I go to find out what may be matches for my skills that I'm, I'm not aware of? Do I go back to Google for that too? It pulls it up. I mean, I've done it for people that I've worked with and showed them. I had a young man who um, had worked at at, um, five five guys, 
that I was working okay. with, you know, fairly young. And when you took his education and things that he did while he was in college, as well as some of the things that he did while working at Five Guys, and we translated that into financial terms just by searching up equivalent things to say, okay, how do I describe this in terms of financial accounting and planning, the things that he wanted to go into? And by the time we were done, it really translated and expressed it in a way that, you know, you're like, well, I want to hire this kid. You know, he had the ability. He just couldn't. He just you had to just take time to kind of look up what is you know relevant synonyms that will relate to you know what you're looking for. And like I said, it just takes it's there, but people have to take time to do it. And sometimes it's like working. I'll say working with a career coach or a career counselor who will show you one time. I don't believe that career coaches and career counselors should handicap people that you've always got to come back to them for help. They should teach you how to do these things so that every time you're, you know, transitioning or looking for a job, you know how the process works and you can do it yourself. And sometimes it's just a little bit of hand-holding, show you how to do it, and you can knock it out the ballpark after that. Okay. Now, uh, another uh, obstacle or issue for some people looking for jobs is mm-hmm. is time. Uh, <laughs> they don't they, they don't have patience. Uh, they quit. They give up. You know, too soon. So, yes. what advice do you have for people in regard to how long they should be prepared to stay in the game in order to get what they want? Okay. <laughs> Excuse me. <clears throat> Mm-hmm. If you are not employed, your job is your job search, okay? Um, I will say that and that's the thing. People who are not employed want to sit in front of the TV and binge watch, you know, Young and the still comes on, um, but they sit there and they, Netflix makes it easy. Hulu and Netflix make it very easy to binge watch. But you've got to have the mindset and dedication that you're going to put in the effort to do the job search. That is your job. You are spending time um, working on the different things you need to. And if you are employed and you're looking to make a transition, hey, you can block out an hour a day. But do it as if you were going to work. You get up, you get dressed, this is your job. You're going to sit at that computer or go to the library and you're going to sit down and you're going to start doing some of the things that we mentioned, doing, looking up market trends, looking it up. Because the time, if you're not employed, the time is there. And the thing is, you're right, people will quit and give up, but rejection is part of the job campaign. And I think that's another time when you're looking, if you're surrounding yourself with people who are going to let you bury yourself in that rejection, um, then that's not going to help you. And you've also got to have that self-motivation to go and say, this is what I'm going to do and I'm going to make it happen. After one, two times, you don't get it. Why are you giving up? Do you, need, do you truly want to be employed? Do you truly want a job? You know, and patience and, and, and rejection are just part of the process. Okay. Now, Carolyn, uh, LinkedIn yes. has become a very powerful tool for uh, employers. Uh, is it advisable for job seekers to be on LinkedIn? And if so, what should their LinkedIn profile uh, include what should it look like uh, as far as making sure that it's in good shape for a prospective employer and what things should be avoided? So, 
quick answer to, to make sure I capture it off the beginning is yes, you should be on LinkedIn. If okay. you are a job seeker or if you are currently employed, you should okay. be on uh, LinkedIn and possibly other social media platforms. But you got to learn and start and master one. So I'd say start if you're a job seeker, if you're currently employed and looking to continue moving up, get promoted, you want to be on LinkedIn. I personally happen to be on all social media platforms. Twitter is my favorite. I do have a Twitter addiction. I do not lie about it. Um, <laughs> but I'm also on LinkedIn. I'm just not as active. Uh, but I, I did. That was the first social media platform that I started with. And I, I always share the story. The, one of the um, best job offers that I ever had came from my LinkedIn profile. They found me and thought I was by far the top candidate, and they offered me the position of very, very unbelievably nice salary that they offered me. But because of what I wanted in life, um, the direction I was heading in, I, I actually turned it down. But I was just, they reached out to me. So it does, people do look at your profile. They do see what you have going on. And LinkedIn is the largest professional social media platform in the world. I realize I said professional social media platform in the world. Right. There's a, a quote by a good friend of mine who is a Twitter expert, and he says, um, social media can connect people across town to other cities, countries, and continents. It spans all socioeconomic and um, religious upbringings, ages, genders, professionals, and non-professional backgrounds, and it reaches both personal and business levels. And we don't think about that true impact that we're having by having that good profile on LinkedIn. There are some employers, recruiters, hiring managers who will check your LinkedIn profile prior to even, you know, reaching out to you for an interview because they're looking to see how you're presenting yourself, how you're connected. And the one thing that I, I, I'm surprised that people still do this is they don't have a photo on their LinkedIn profile. And I'm talking a good photo, not the bathroom pose where you can see the bathtub shower and toothbrush in the background, <laughs> um, not the bad selfie, but a really nice photo. It doesn't have to be a you know professionally shot studio portrait, but you can you can do with the phone and technologies today. You can take a good picture with your phone, but you want to make sure the picture is in relationship to the industry and field you want to be in. If you are in an industry that still thinks suits your need it, make sure you're dressed professionally. But if you are in a um, uh, massage industry, then you want to be more casual, because I'd worry about the guy in a three-piece suit coming to give me the massage, and that's how he's kind of you know, <laughs> displaying his whole profile. But people want to see you, because people do business with people they like, know, and trust. And they want to see are you, you know, they immediately start looking to see how are you a fit for my industry, for the culture of my organization. I encourage people to set up that profile and to begin following organizations or companies or these industries that are in relationship to the field that you want to work in because you need to begin to position yourself as an expert on the social media platform. And you do this by commenting on other posts that show, yeah, I know about my industry. You want to share relevant articles that other people have written. And you also, there's a, you're able to write your own stuff, write your own articles, and have them on your LinkedIn profile. And so you think about 
the other thing I will say is um, you want to search your name periodically to see what's showing up for you. Because, again, recruiters and hiring managers are looking at the profiles, and they're gonna, you'll, sometimes you'll be surprised at what you find out. So people, when, when they look at your pro- profile on LinkedIn, they're looking at uh, shared connections, your professional experience. Uh, they look at the number of connections you have, and, again, they're going to look at some of the um, writing or any publications or, as for you, like your radio show and different industry-related things that you're doing. And engage with people. Don't just sit there and not make connections. But do not do that. Uh, you'll, and I'm sure you've seen this, and people will do that generic um, message and blast to everyone. And it's all the same, and you can tell. People see through that if you're going to send this one same, you know, promotion or, you know, uh, message out to every single connection you have. And Mm -hmm. that turns people off. You got to – they want that intimate connection that you've taken time to connect with them, relate with them. So – and I'll say one more thing. I'm sorry. (laughs) Don't just do the simple – I'd like to add you to my professional network on LinkedIn. That's like that automatic um, post when you're sending it to someone to connect with them. You can establish some relationship by saying a little bit more to them, especially if it's when it's someone you don't know. Why do you want to connect with someone? I've connected with um, influencers on LinkedIn, and I tell them, hey, I've read your book, or hey, I just watched your program. Here's the things that I liked about it, and I definitely want to stay, you know, follow to see more about what you're doing. Excellent points. Excellent points. <laughs> uh, we're going to take a break right here, and if you have questions for our guest, Miss Carolyn Owens, please give us a call at five six three nine 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 three six six zero. That's five six three nine 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 three six. Six zero. We want to help you take your career to the next level and to help you succeed in your career. Now, when we return, we will discuss making a winning impression during the interview. So stay tuned, and we'll be right back. You're listening to the CWR Talk Network, America's voice for causes, issues, and life empowerment. This is the CWR Talk Network, hashtag one million strong. In 50 feet, turn left. Why are you driving so slowly? After a few drinks, I'm taking it slow. Well, you're not fooling the cop behind you. What? Get ready to pay in miles. Getting pulled over for buzz driving could cost you around $10,000 in fines, legal fees, and increased insurance rates. Nothing kills a buzz like getting pulled over for buzz driving, because buzz driving is drunk driving. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. The Filipino-American experience begins on October 18, 1587, when a landing party from the Manila Galleon sends ashore an eight personas indios, meaning Filipinos. up on one end. That was used as an area to drop the rope. 
that American-born children of Chinese immigrants were entitled to citizenship under the 14th Amendment. I must confess I don't quite know the standard of respectability that you demand in your boarding house. In his brief, Azawa argued that his skin was as white as any so-called Caucasian if not whiter. The President of the United States, Franklin Delano Roosevelt, ordered all Japanese Americans on the west coast of America to be summarily rounded up with no charges, with no trial, with no due process. got such chills and I leaned up against them. I said, Papa, someday I'm going to be an Olympic champ. Republican Hiram Fong of Chinese descent becomes one of Hawaii's two United States senators. Japanese Americans was just that, a mistake. The legislation that I am about to sign provides for a restitution payment to each of the 60,000 survivors. Michael Chang shocked the world when he won the French Open at 817. Surprised me was the complete shutout of the Joy Luck Club, which when it was released last September, was considered a shoe-in for a best picture. America doesn't handle Asian American identity with the care and concern and I think fear that they handle other identities of color in America. So writers think it's okay to have a headline on ESPN saying chink in the armor or two inches of pain or constantly saying, oh, he's deceptively quick. We didn't expect this because they underestimate us all the time. But when you speed things up to 2016, and you see the way America fears Muslims, the way America fears the black community, and the way that America goes into these communities and literally hunts individuals down. As a Taiwanese Chinese American, you say to yourself, maybe it's better we aren't feared, and maybe it's better we're forgotten, and maybe it's better we're underestimated. You're listening to the CWR Talk Network, 
America's Voice for Causes, Issues, and Life Empowerment. This is the CWR Talk Network, hashtag one million strong. Welcome back to Daniel Edwards Viewpoints. Tonight's discussion is mastering the art of having a career, not just finding a job. And our guest is Ms. Carolyn Owens, who is recognized as one of the select few certified rapid employment master coaches in the entire world. Carolyn, uh, another thing that employers are doing nowadays is using different types of profiles or questionnaires as a pre-qualifier before offering, uh, even offering an interview. Uh, so it makes it really difficult for people sometimes just to even get their foot in the door. So many of these are online and will eliminate a job seeker before getting an opportunity to talk with anyone from the company on the phone or in person. So what do job seekers need to know about these eliminators? You know, I would tell people don't be intimidated by these questionnaires. Um, a lot of times in, in when you even look at the um, federal positions that are available and they'll give you some ideas of what skill sets, what knowledge, skills, and abilities you need for the position. And they say, you got to answer all these questions truthfully. Um, answer them all, and, but do it truthfully. You'll see where people only answer a couple of them, and then I'll leave the rest blank because they don't know what to say. They don't know how to answer it. Um, you can have multiple choice. You can have fill in the blank. You can have um, where you're just uploading a resume, but you want to don't just actually try to actually write the information into a questionnaire because if you're trying to upload, you know, paragraphs and information in some type of Word document, a lot of times that information can shift. So take time to fill it out, answer the questions truthfully, and don't let it discourage you if you don't think or believe you have everything that's being asked for. And I say the biggest um, difference you see is between men and women. Men will fill it out. They will go for it, and they are ready to, if they get that interview, they're going to speak to anything that's contrary, that they don't seem to have. Women will hesitate, and they will not fill it out. They will not apply. They won't go forward. Um, and, it's, I mean, it's data and statistics that support this. Um, and it's often a um, confidence, conf, excuse me, confidence issue <coughs> or a lack of belief in one's abilities. So fill it out. Definitely get it done. And let the process work itself out. If you have the uh, Q&A where you have space, excuse me, question and answer space, where you have um, enough information, or if you have a anything else you want to add placed in there, put. You can put something. If I haven't addressed or answered any of your questions, please feel free to contact me. Uh, it's ways that you can word it that you show your true skill sets. And a lot of times it comes down to people not being able to express their abilities. Okay. So let's say the job hunter is successful in getting an interview. He goes through all all of that uh, process that we just mentioned previously. What questions should he or she ask the prospective employer in advance of the interview to prepare And what else should he or she do in preparation for the interview? So when someone's preparing for the interview, the first thing that I highly encourage them to do is check out um, the company website. Understand the mission 
understand the vision of the company. This I've seen this be a, a, a tiebreaker between individuals, where they two individuals, basically you know strong resumes, both interviewed well, but when they were asked about the mission mission of the company, one was able to answer and the other was not. So which one do you think got hired? The one who understood the mission of the organization. Right. Right. So you want to look at the website, and then if you know who is going to be interviewing you. Check out their LinkedIn profile. They may have checked out yours. Look at theirs as well because you want to see how you're going to – it gives you that feel of who this person is, what school did they go to. You can see the type of jobs they held. So you'll know to lose language that they're familiar with. So you want to check out the mission, the vision. You want to look at the LinkedIn profile. And you also want to make sure that you know exactly where you're going. So do not wait till the day before or the night before and think, oh, no, the address wasn't in the email. Don't assume it's a location that you know. A lot of companies will have different offices in different locations. So you could think you're going to one building and you're actually going to another building, and then you'll end up being late for the interview because you made the assumption without clarifying that on exactly where you're going. Scout out the location ahead of time, if you can, to know what's my driving time, where do I need to park, and you can often ask, is there a special place that I need to park? Depending on, you know, if you're in a big city, that could be hectic, trying to figure out. And uh, honestly, at times, uh, public transportation could be a better way to get there. So those become key things, those small things that we don't think about that are going to make sure that you're on time. And I'll also say, I always throw this one in there, if you're driving, clean up your car because that hiring manager, the person that interviewed you, or even the receptionist may walk you out to your car. And as you're getting in that car, if you got the, you know, the kids' French fries and the McDonald's and everything spilled over, <laughs> they're looking at your organization skills, and you don't realize it. Um, I've had people who worked with me, they will actually take their car through the car wash, through every interview, and they're prepared for that person to walk them out you know, in that wonderful professional manner. Okay. Excellent points. Excellent points. A lot of little things that uh, I would, wouldn't, wouldn't think of. You know, you're really good at this. I see why you're <laughs> certified master coach. <laughs> uh, Thank you. Now, uh, how how does a person prepare for a group interview or a video interview? Now, those are two separate questions, so I will start with the video. Okay. Because if you're doing, you know, nowadays that it, you see Skype interviews, you see uh, Zoom, uh, um, all different ways where they're doing that video interview now. And I will the best thing that I could tell someone, and this has happened, so I'll do it as an example. If you are interviewing for, say, Pepsi, do not have Coca-Cola products in the background. You want to be aware of your surroundings and what they can visually see when they're looking behind you. Okay. You don't want to have any derogatory stuff up. You don't want to have anything. Um, and I, I even watch political things you may have in the background because you don't know the political affiliation of the person interviewing you. And you could be judged by these things unconsciously and indirectly. 
So definitely check out in the span of that, you know, camera that's going to be up. What do they see? Turn it on ahead of time and literally see what's behind you. And put clothes on. Don't do it in your pajamas. You've seen people who think, well, yeah, it looks like a certain type of pajama top. Okay, really? Put in the effort just like you're showing up to be interviewed. And if you're doing, you know, you think video, but there's still phone, that pre-interview, that pre-screening before they have you come in, get dressed when you're doing the phone interview because it changes your mindset. If you're kind of in your pajamas or your loungewear, you're more comfortable, you're more relaxed, and it conveys, it can convey over the phone an element that you're just too comfortable. Um, so really take time to get dressed, be in a comfortable place, Use a landline, not a cell phone, because you may get cut off, and then they're going to be frustrated with having to connect back with you. And so those are different things that you, those small things are the things that can make a difference because you're not just being interviewed by your technical skills and your ability. You're being interviewed to see if you are a cultural fit for this organization. Are you going to be the team player? Are you going to... Um, be able to reflect that company brand, that company image. And the panel interview, that was the other one you um, asked right. about. Yes. So I tell, when, when I work with people, I prepare them for both a panel interview and the one-on-one because you don't know what's going to change that morning, and someone may decide to pop in there. And it's key that you don't focus on one individual, but you're making eye contact with all the panel members. And be sure to ask their information if you want to send them, well, which you should send them a thank you email or letter afterwards. But you're acknowledging everyone in the room, not focused on one individual. And so I encourage people to prepare for both because you never know what's going to happen the day of the interview. They may say one thing, but they can do something totally different because they're the one in, in, in controlling the setup. Okay. Very good. Uh, again, a lot of things there that are people generally wouldn't wouldn't think of. Excellent, excellent points. Now, uh, Carolyn, many people who have lost their jobs for various reasons are devastated upon returning to the job market to learn that their skill set's outdated and their years of experience is of little use to them. So, what do you suggest they do? to help them overcome this challenge? You know, for me, that gets back to um, some of the first things that we talked about. And okay. it's really, it, it happens with the downsizing and different things. But then, again, you've lost your job. If you're ready to, if you have options of starting your own business or you get ready to get back into the workforce, then your job becomes your job campaign. I like to say job campaign instead of search because it's a process, and you've got to have a campaign to really um, seek the employment that you desire or any employment because sometimes you're going to have to take a position that's not exactly what you want to get your feet wet to get you started. Um, but you're going to have to really just start the process, and you know that – you know, there are people who get fired from jobs. There are people who are rejected from, you know, interviews and things that they want went for. But it's your mindset that can, you know, devastate you. People fail in life. But we have to look at failure as new opportunities. 
just look to see what what's out there for me. I'm getting another chance, so I'm going to go ahead and take the time. I'm going to go through this process, and I'm going to get a new job. Now, if you did something that's way out there and a little, you know, got yourself in a little trouble, that's going to be a little harder to bounce back from, but you can. But you've got to make the decision and have the mindset to do it. Get the naysayers out of your ear, you know, and make that commitment that I'm bouncing back, and I'm bouncing back stronger than ever. Okay. All right. Great. Now, uh, Carolyn, you are a leadership and life coach, CEO of your own company that helps people with uh, leadership and, and career career planning. Uh, so how do you and other career coaches help employed individuals take their careers to the next level through promotions and other career advancement? So once you get the job, it doesn't stop there because a lot of times that job is just the beginning of your career, um, the path that you want to go go through. And for me, I, I feel like we're always growing, we're always learning. And even when someone retires, there's a transition process that takes place on what are you going to do now? So career coaches help with the transition, having clarity on what someone wants. What type of job do they want? How does it play into what they value in life? There's a value, a career value uh, in life value exercise that I walk people through that help them get that clarity in relationship to that career they want and what's important to them, what are their priorities. But it also helps build that confidence up for you because, again, you know, even for me, acknowledging accomplishments I've had in life you know, saying these are my strengths can be very hard to do. Yeah, we can easily point out weaknesses at times, but to be able to speak to, you know, it's almost you're, you're so humble you don't want to brag too much about yourself. But in the interview process and the job campaign process, you are selling yourself, you're marketing yourself to the employer. So we help build that confidence for you. We give you that clarity, and we help you get past limiting beliefs of, I can never do that. I'm not going to qualify for that job. And we help you understand the gap, um, gaps in your skill sets on how can you obtain them to be able to qualify for that career you really want. Career coaches help with interview prep, resume writing and review. And, again, as you're in that job, how are you transitioning for the next step? How do you prepare for it? When you're, I have a very strong um, human resource background as well, so I also help my clients work through some of the um, conflicts that arise in the workplace, helping build their skill sets up for interpersonal communication, dynamic relationship building, because we are in relationship at work with the, our clients, our customers, how do you communicate effectively with them? How do you deal with some of the challenges that come up in the workplace? And especially for um, women, some of these unconscious behaviors that we demonstrate in the workplace that we don't realize that keep us from getting a seat at the table, from getting promotions, or how we begin to speak up and have that voice so we are asked to sit at the table. So, um, and the other thing I'll say is having... For me as a career coach, one of the things I do is offer a, a community, an inner circle, where people can come together and learn some of these um, tactics and skills and strategies, and we talk through them 
because I look at uh, your career is not just what happens at work. It is part of you, and we don't see how, we don't often recognize that it impacts our personal life. Our personal life impacts our career, and our career impacts your personal life. Because I'm going to tell you, you get fired, and you have to come home and tell your spouse, and you're the primary breadwinner, and you just got fired, yeah, you just impacted your personal life. Or with your personal life, you get married, you have a child, your parent is sick, and they're coming to stay with you. That impacts your career. So we don't think about that, but that's another thing that career coaches help with. It's the big picture of everything. How do you want to live your life? What is success for you? And we help you achieve that. Okay. Now, uh, we mentioned at the outset uh, that we were going to talk about the difference between a job and a career. I think we kind of touched on that in our conversation already, but uh, what what is the difference between a job and a career, and should it be everybody's ultimate goal to have a successful career? So, yes, for me, in the way I define it, there's a difference between a job and a career. A job can be I'm going to work, I'm coming home, going to work, coming home. But a career is that path, and it's almost a, it's like being on a journey of that. I'm going to start here, you know, at an intern level and work my way to the seat at the boardroom table. But you got to understand why you work in the first place because your career empowers you to have and do all you want in life. And you think about a, a business owner. Now, personally, when I think about careers, if you're trying to be that multi-millionaire, billionaire, Career is not necessarily the way you're going to get it. You need to be the business owner. That is what empowers you to, you know, get to the multimillionaire status is having your own business. So that's why it gets to a lot of defining what you want. Um, and you said having the difference between the job career, and it was a third element you had in there that was uh, totally different. Okay. Uh, I think having the goal of having no, a successful it was something career. else you said. I'm sorry. Okay. But I, I'll add that most of us spend, when you're in school, what do they teach you? They teach you how to make a living, not how to create a life. And that career is part of creating the life, living life on your own terms. For me, that's the difference between the job and the career. The career is going to create a certain life for you. So you 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 ask yourself two questions. And um, it's one of them is what do you want to get out of life and what do you want to give back to life? And as you begin to understand those, you begin creating a career. You begin down the journey, begin down the path of what you truly desire, what do you want, and how do you create that for yourself. But that can change because we're not the same people after we graduate from college even that we were in high school. And what we wanted then can shift, and it's okay. People feel like I gotta, you know, I started down this path. I gotta stay here forever, but that's not the case. You have the right to choose and create the life you want. There's a quote by Confucius that says, "Choose a job you love, and you will never have to work a day in your life." And that love, that job, can change, and be willing to to do that, to to take that. Sometimes you take a risk. Sometimes you have those choices that you got to make, and I say go for it. Okay, very good. 
Now, you, you mentioned something there that uh, I'm really glad you brought out because it's something I preach over and over and over all the time. I, as a matter of fact, I write a, I uh, uh, used to, um, uh, I've been a little restricted in writing it over the last year because of my involvement with trying to get my uh, uh, talk network going. But I, I did write yeah. for several years a uh, personal money management blog called uh, knowyourmoneyglobal.net and uh, one of the things that I focus on there is trying to help people to either become entrepreneurs or have their own businesses because when you work on a job or even if you have a career Mm -hmm. there is a limitation on how much you can earn and if you have your own business or if you are an entrepreneur and you become successful at it, it takes away those those limitations, and it's a lot easier to build wealth. And uh, that's I'm glad that, glad that you brought that out. Uh, the other side of that, though, is before you can get to that point and fight through the bills and all other things we have to deal with in life, uh, you may have to have a job or career to get mm-hmm. to that point. But uh, that should be your goal also of uh, entrepreneurship or getting into business, but that's not for everybody. So your, your your route may be having a job or a career. So, uh, Carolyn, we really thank you so much for being with us and outstanding information that you provided, a lot of tips and thoughts that I never would have uh, thought about, and I'm sure some of the listening audience uh, fall into that category as well. So we thank you so much for uh, sharing all that with us. And please tell uh, our listeners how they may contact you because uh, you do public speaking. I think you probably yeah. do workshops. And, yeah. you know, if they want, want you uh, to come and help them with the leadership or whatever in their organizations or with their businesses, uh, how do they find out information about you? So you can start by visiting my website, which is infinitycoaching.net, and you are correct. I do speaking and I do um, workshops. I'm actually working on writing one now on critical thinking and problem solving, which I'll present next week. But I um, go to my website, infinitycoaching.net. You can always email me at coins at infinitycoaching.net. And you can find me on social media, primarily on Twitter, at Carol R. Owens. And you heard us talking about LinkedIn. So find me on uh, LinkedIn at C. Owens Infinity Coaching. Uh, And you can just, if you Google, (laughs) back to Google, if you Google (laughs) Carolyn R. Owens or Infinity Coaching, you're going to find me. I will definitely come up, connect with me. Um, Any questions or information you have, definitely here to help you. Okay. Uh, again, we thank you very much for being with us this evening, and we look forward to you coming back again uh, in the near future. Uh, thank we you. Also want, okay. We also want to thank all of our listening audience out there in CWR Nation for joining us tonight on Donnell Edwards' Viewpoints. Join us again next Monday at 6.30 p.m. Central Time with our special guest, Ms. Lisa Orban. And we will be discussing surviving domestic violence and becoming a social activist. Lisa shares her own personal experience as a domestic violence survivor and how she has used that experience to be a force for change 
in the world. Tonight's program will be available on demand tomorrow at iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play, and will soon be available on Amazon Alexa. We'll have more information for you about that later on. So don't forget to listen to all of our great programs on the CWR Talk Network, including the Lionel Shipman Shape Your Finances show tomorrow night at 7.30 p.m. Central, 8.30 p.m. Eastern Time. Check the schedule for all of our programs under the Schedule tab at our website, cwrtalknetwork.com. Thanks again for listening to Donnell Edwards' Viewpoints. Good night, and have a great week, and we'll see you on Monday. Listening to the CWR Talk Network, America's voice for causes, issues, and life empowerment. This is the CWR Talk Network, hashtag 1 million strong. <laughs>